Okay, before we get started with this brand new episode for season two, I wanted to quickly remind you that the JMC website is up and running courtesy of my man, Jose Garcia of Odd Curious. JMCpod.com is the website. Check it out. I have all of my interviews right there to listen to. I'm also starting a blog journal section. I'll be sharing some in-depth thoughts. Also, a merchandise section coming very soon. And of course, please show me some love. I have a support section. It'll take you to my bio. Buy me a coffee page, throw me five bucks, I might mess around and buy a coffee. I love you guys. Thank you so much. JMCPOD.com. Behold, guess who's back in the hizzy for shizzy. I'm just trying to stay busy. Yours truly, the journeyman, has returned. Welcome to the premiere of the second season of JMC, the Journeyman Chronicles. I am your host, Felix C. Arroyo. This is my podcast. If you're new, welcome. If you're returning, you know how this works. We're talking to everyday people from around Lancaster, from within Lancaster, Lancaster, Pennsylvania, my hometown, my home city, and of course, central Pennsylvania. Shout out to you as well. I am excited because this season, I'm leveling up, I'm stepping up, I'm doing big things, man. And I'm hoping that you come join me on this journey, my journey. I hope you guys have had a wonderful ending to your summer because September has arrived, fall is around the corner, that means leaves are going to turn yellow and orange and fall down. Get your rakes ready, bruh. Oh, man. My favorite time of year. And of course, with my favorite time of year comes inspiration and motivation And I'm inspired. I'm inspired to introduce the new episode that I've got for you. My first interview to kick off the second season. This interview is with uh, my brother, Sir Dominique Jordan. I finally got to talk to my man. We linked up on Messenger here and there a couple times trying to work something out. But he's a busy guy. And... uh, you know, we finally linked up. We had to do a Zoom. Uh, we just couldn't uh, link up in person like we wanted to. But, you know, when uh, adversity arrives, uh, uh, what, what's the saying? Um, oh, shit. What is the saying? Necessity is the invention of uh, necessity is the mother of all invention. Is that is that what it is? We needed to get this interview done. So fuck it. We got it done. God damn it. The journeyman is going to deliver. And Sir Dominique Jordan dropped a lot of gems. I got I got to know this man, uh, and I got to learn some some cool things. There was some shit that I was not expecting to hear from him. Like, uh, for example, and you'll hear in the interview, uh, my man was a mortician in the army for six years. I mean, come on. We're talking about somebody who is lyrically gifted, poetically gifted, uh, uh, speaks and stands up uh, for himself and his people. He is an artivist, which is the artist and the activist in him. Uh, and, and, you know, that I was aware of, obviously, by following him on social media. But to find out that he's working as a mortician, my God, listen. There's a lot going on in this interview. There's a lot going on with my man, Sir Dominique Jordan. If you know this brother, if you work with this brother, if you know this man, you're going to know that this interview is dope. And if you don't know who this is, feel free to turn it up and tune in. Okay? Great artist. I got some music that uh, he has yet to release. Uh, Hopefully by the time this episode comes out, he is just getting ready to release it. So I can drop the links for this music in the description for this episode. Dope artist, dope lyrics, poetic, spoken word, knowledge. You know, we talk about his tribe. We talk about his people, his village, his children, where his heart is, where his mind is. Ah, 
I'm fucking stoked. So, you know the drill. Switching it up, doing it different. You know what I mean? Some new ingredients, but the end result is still the same. Let's get busy with episode 40 of the Journeyman Chronicle. Season 2 starts off with Sir Dominique Jordan. Let's go. brother can you hear me there you are i hear you now can you hear me okay cool 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 sorry about that no it's yes, all sir. good I can hear you loud and clear all right word awesome. how you doing nice to finally meet you yes sir likewise man likewise <laughs> honor to be here with you is there a little lag at all or am i good where i'm at yeah I'm there's a back behind my house because i got my kids yeah. inside so i want to make sure they're no i hear you it's there is a little lag that your video is freezing and your audio is going in and out. I'm not sure if, if it's the same for you oh. on your end. All right. How is that? Is that a little better? There you go. Yeah. That seemed good. Okay, cool. So we're going to play out front. All right. That's the mind. I'm going to be taking my medication while I'm out here. Luckily, we know, no, video. That's what, really my ass. Do what you got to do, brother. I ain't, I, I ain't worry about that. I want you to be comfortable, relaxed. Sure. I hear you uh, loud and clear. So we're good. But uh, yeah, it's good to finally meet you. Um, I know you're a busy cat. Very, very busy. Uh, and I've been wanting to get you on the Chronicles for some time now. So, uh, you know, it's this, this is an honor for me as well. Uh, first of all, how are you? How's the family? I know you got a, a couple little ones. And I know with your schedule, uh, with anybody's schedule with family, you know, the juggling act, so to speak, the, of doing what you love doing and also trying to maintain uh, a balance in the household can be uh, challenging at times. How's that going for you? Everything good? So it depends. Are we live now or not? <laughs> We're not live. Hey, at I'm, all, kidding, no. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Okay, 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 okay. <laughs> not live, but like, are we recording now? Yo, cool? yeah, yeah. We're yeah, we're recording. Okay, cool, cool, cool. <laughs> then we rolling. No, I'm kidding. Not. Nah. And see, if we wasn't recording, I'll be honest. But no, nah, I'm kidding. I love my sons. Um, I can always edit anything out. Right? <laughs> no, nah, I'm kidding. But yeah, I love my sons. They definitely challenge me to to be the best man I can be, you know, um, the best parent I can be, um, to be, you know, transparent. I never really talked about this, like, you know, in public spaces or anything like that, but, you know, me and my, uh, me and my son's mother, we're not together anymore. So this is like a first year of us, like, honestly having a co-parent is challenging, you know? Um, but we also got to realize that no matter what happens, um, even if we're playing a different game, we're on the same team. Hey, there you go. You know? Um, and I think that's, that's one thing that, that we're learning. Um, so yeah, man, it's definitely been a, an, uh, an eventful summer, you know, especially being on the move and like, you know, really having to lean on my village. You feel me? Shout out to my good brother, Marquise Lupton. He said this to me a few years back, right? Um, sometimes your number twos will take care of you better than your number ones. Mm. You know, they say like, rely on your day ones, your day ones, but them day twos, man, you never know what they could do for you. And you never know until you're, you're open and vulnerable. You take down the, the, the walls that you may have built up from survival mode of, you know, relying on other people or, 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 you know, being disappointed after trying to depend on a person. Now you're like, ah, I'm not depending on anyone, but I'm going to be real, man. Like this year specifically and last year, but mainly this year, like I really found my tribe, you yeah. know? Um, and I've been able to lean on my tribe and my tribe helps me raise my children. You know, you know, they say it takes a village and I'm just really blessed to have the people that are around me, like being able to travel and, and knowing that, you know, it's not like a dire need, but there's something at the crib. Like, all right, my son tells me on FaceTime he wants pizza. I'm like, dang, man, am I really about to order a freaking pizza to get delivered in my crib that might cost me 20 bucks? Now nah, I'm going to call my boy real quick. and He's going to drop that pizza off. You know what I'm saying? Just like that's mad simple, but it's like my boy's willing to do that for me. Like I never had that before. I never mm -hmm. thought I could ask my friend to do something for my kids. How wicked is that? You know what I mean? To think that we, as a young, young, you know, black man in america today like a lot of us we're not like raised up to rely on each other as parents you know what i'm saying like why i be telling i be told my man this the other day i'm like yo bro you ever need to like step off you need somebody watch your son real quick bro i'm at the crib with my kids yo bring them by 
Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. our kids should know each other. They should lean on, on one another. I knew I had a, uh, I knew I was blessed when, when anytime I, uh, I call one of my homies up or he calls me up, first thing he always asks me, how the kids doing? How the kids doing? Like that's, that's a different type of person. You know what I mean? And, and, and it's just weird that I never had that before growing up. Like it, it just, it's, it's interesting to see. And I know my son is in a, uh, sons, but especially my oldest, he's in a really special space right now. Because mm-hmm. as my as my opportunities grow and my reach grows, he gets an opportunity to better grow with me. So just a huge blessing. I think what we, uh, when you said it's weird, uh, I think I understand what you're saying because the, the I think it's weird because we're looking at it now as men. But if you think yeah. about it, if you think about it, that was a very common thing. Uh, it, it was common for for, you know, my my father and, and the men in the generation before him and my family to not be supportive in that way. That was almost like that's not our role. And I think as uh, and, and I'm obviously I'm speaking for myself, but maybe you can agree. You know, it sounds like when you say your tribe and your village the people that you, that you surround yourself with uh male or female there's a common goal when it comes to the children and so uh you embrace that because you recognize the importance of that but you only recognize that when you become an, like a man when you grow up when you go through shit when you mm-hmm. when you have obviously now you've got children uh you brought up uh uh real quick shout out to Marquise you mentioned uh Marquise Lepton phenomenal man wealth of knowledge right there uh that's my man as well and and the co-parenting uh situation that you're you're beginning now uh I've been doing it for 7 years and so it gets it gets easier and, and, and you know, there's no uh, there's no uh, manual for that, bro. But I can say if the both of you, like, as you say, you're playing uh, for the same team. I, I believe that's how you referenced it. Yeah. Um, the, the, the common goal is the, the child or children. As long as you, the both of you maintain that focus, it, it gets easier. It's it, but it's not easy. It just gets easier. Um, but I, I appreciate you bringing that up because that's a especially to start the conversation off uh, in such a vulnerable state because I that allows me then to kind of spread my wings in this conversation because I know like we can talk about some real shit and uh, yeah. and get right to it when you talk about uh, the the, uh, the village excuse me your tribe um, which is a word that I love because it's especially within the past five years and, and you know I'm an introvert so there's a lot that I'm starting to get into even in my even in my age I'm in my 40s but that word tribe for me I remember that when I was a kid in the 90s but it was very very um, in, within certain circles, but now that word is used so much. It's almost embraced so much that it's so dope to see on a, I don't want to say commercialized or mainstream level, but it's out there. It's not just in these little nooks and crannies in the city. Everybody mm-hmm. is embracing the word tribe, uh, which obviously means, like I mentioned, the people that you surround yourself with, you're surrounding yourself with like-minded people from what I see. And I'm, you know, we're just meeting each other now. Uh, but one of the reasons why I wanted to get you on the Chronicles is because I see the movements that you're making, but I'm also seeing how you're surrounding yourself uh, with like-minded people. Uh, and I was hoping that if you could just break that down for me. Is true to you? Like, is that is that something that's a collective or is that just you? Or can you break that so, down for me? Um, for sure. So you said a couple of things, right? For, for one, the whole idea, idea of, you know, the, the village raised me. Right. You know, I grew yeah. up with a um, teenage parents. Right. Really teenage mom. Um, oldest of seven kids. Mm. And she's a single mom. You know, obviously, you know, we basically grew up together, you know. And as I got older, I realized that, like, oh, I, I needed other people to be mentors in my life and needed other people to be able to pour into me. Um, and that was the beauty of just growing up, especially out here in Lancaster um, and like the, you know, uh, late 90s, early 2000s, you know, 2000s in general, you know, I'm a 90s baby. So like that was, it was a different time. Um, but, but to today, right. Um, another good friend of mine, TJ Griffin, he talks about this a lot, right. The rule of five, right. You become the five people you spend the most time around and to be transparent, even with that, right. Like 
everybody's journey is their journey. Everybody's path is their path, right? That's why we own the Journeyman Chronicles now, right? Um, I, I, I thought at one point that, you know, if I surround myself with the, the Eric Thomases, the Elon Musks, you know, of, of just my surroundings, right? If I thought if I surround myself with those people on a regular basis, yeah, it rubs off, but it's like, that's not what I'm looking for. I like the fact that you mentioned uh, that, you know, the, the term tribe is so like commercialized now, you know what I mean? When at the end of the day, right, like it, it doesn't belong to anybody specific, right? There were so many tribes, right? Even the, the, the idea of a hip hop tribe, like, that has derived from something indigenous, from indigenous folks. I guess I'm totally different, right? But the the reason why I, I, I want to speak about this real quick is because some people select their tribe. But to me, a real tribe, like a real soul tribe, is people that like naturally, mm-hmm. you know, gravitate toward. Like I didn't get to choose my circle. I tried to choose my circle on multiple occasions. It didn't work. I loved the journey. It was a beautiful thing. Um, I, I seen this quote the other day, right? You uh you never know someone's last day with you. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't even mean like death. That's not even just a death thing. That that could be anything. You never know someone's last day with you. How do you want them to remember you? Right. Even if me and you had a fallout today, like what is the last word or th- you ever think about that? Like, dang, yo, yeah. I haven't talked to that man in a long time or that woman in a long time or that person in a long time. I don't even remember the last thing I might have said or la- the last way that they remember me, whether they passed or not, or just move to on a to a new state like i'm very big on the fact that my tribe has come together for me you know we've all met each other very naturally i tried to like i, I always wanted to be um i was raised up by my grandparents a lot right i had a young mom so like they're big on steve harvey they love steve harvey the steve harvey go. show the family field right yeah so like i always looked at like, a successful black man he looked like steve harvey you need to have a suit on everywhere he goes you need to be you know and I did that for a little bit. I used to be a teacher, you know what I mean? And I was very, very particular about once a week, I would come suited and booted. I'm gonna even have some freaking crocodile shoes on. Like, and the kids is looking at me like, oh, mister, why are you dressed like that? You know what I mean? Like, why are you looking mad crazy right now? But it was it was about breaking down the barriers. The last time they seen with somebody dressed like that was at a funeral right. or a court. Yeah. Not necessarily on a regular basis to look successful. You know what I'm saying? And then when they see me dressed down, per se, like in the city, they're like, oh, shoot, mister, you really from around here? Like, yeah, this is my city, too. But I, I feel like those, I, I, at first, that's what I thought was going to get me success. So getting around other men, especially older than me, that can pour into me, which I do have those avenues. I do have mentors. But I needed a circle of people that were my age, that were dealing with the things I'm dealing with, that were parents, that were creatives. And now I found I yearned for that. I didn't know I was yearning for that naturally, but I yearned for that. And naturally it came around. And my squad right now, man, like, yo, we official. Yeah. Like it's great. I'm really blessed to be around these these gentlemen and 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 just people, right? Because not everybody identifies as woman or male, but just in general. My squad, the people that have naturally come around us, we're bossing up, man. You know, and it, it just, it feels good. And of course there's challenges and stuff like that. But um, yeah, so it brings me to the second question you mentioned, True To You. So I'm the CEO of True To You, um, co-founder of this youth conglomerate uh, mentorship program. We're big on just teaching the next generation about self-expression and, and multiple, multiple facets, right? You know, um, my generation kind of like lost the conversation about the elements of hip hop. But picture the elements of hip hop, that conversation about the elements of hip hop are more in a modernized way, right? Because now, you know, videography is the element of hip hop. Photography is the element of hip hop. Social media curation is the element of hip hop. Like in, in, in the broad scheme of things, right? So that's sure. what we do. We try to get get into the classrooms, get into these uh, community organizations like the Mix, like the YWCA, like, you know, uh, SDOL schools. Um, and, and that's what we've been doing over the last, I'd say, year and a half you know what i mean um i just officially i guess officially celebrated my year of entrepreneurship um on monday there you uh, go. Congratulations. thank you man thank you so you know we we found it true to you in march of 2021 officially on paper you know um it was really founded i say probably uh probably fall of 2020 um, but on paper, it was March of 2021, but I left the school district in 
September of 2021 or yeah, August, September. So, but I did the performed at the all staff with TJ Griffin. He was a speaker. We performed with some of our kids and it was a really great time, you know, but, um, that day, something in me told me, you know, I think it's time for you to better yourself. Um, I do a lot of, you know, professional speaking, um, whether it's professional development or motivational speaking or just, um, but as soon as I started stepping more into this role of a creative entrepreneur, per se, um, it's definitely been changing everything, you know, mm-hmm. drastically, man. Like being a poet and a, a hip hop artist, as I'd like to say, has definitely opened doors for me that, you know, there's rooms I've been trying to fight into for the last five, six years that as soon as I started rapping about it, you know, or making poems about it, it opened up so many more doors. So that's why this idea of artivism is such a big deal to me. I never really broke this down for people, but, you know, it, it kind of self-explanatory when you think of, you know, activists, artists, one and the same. But sure. activists have this this stigma, especially nowadays where, you know, you get outside with the with the bullhorn and you screaming at the, at the mountaintop, you know, we need hope. We need this. We need that. Or we demand this, or we demand that. And we obviously realized we just had, you know, in 2020, the biggest protests in the world in world history. And what did it really do for us? You know, um, it activated a lot of people, but what did it really do for us in the grand scheme of things? We're still dealing with the same issues now. Right. Um, but then on the artist, artist tip, we obviously, obviously see that, you know, hip hop specifically, is the most fruitful genre of music and culture is bigger than just music, but it's uh, the biggest culture, the most influential culture ever. You know, we're still dealing with these, these innuendos that, you know, hip hop doesn't have as much influence as it does until we walk into the suburbs and see the kids look like all the rappers, you know what I mean? So, but with that being said, um, it's been perverted, right? There's only certain things that you still hear on the radio or certain things that are being pushed to our younger generation or our most vulnerable generations, better yet, you know? Um, So I've been trying to find a way to bridge the gap in between the two. And the whole point is this. When we're naturally talking about the things that, you know, I was, you know, the idea of message rap, right? Like there was an era where multiple eras, I would say, where, you know, people are awakening and you kind of see it like spiritually. But I think right now, more than any time, it's almost like, I, it's not this year. This year is the awakening, but next year is going to be the year of the poet. I see it, right? I don't know if you're like really big in the, to the spoken word poetry or like, but um, I know back when I was young, like really, really young, you know, deaf poetry jam was a thing. Oh yeah, absolutely. It was a huge thing, right? And I was a young and I was really young. You know, I didn't really know too much about deaf poetry jam until Kanye got on that joint rap. And I was like, oh, shoot, this is, you know, I'm a young dude, you feel me? But right now, that era, especially with social media and everything trafficking, like, that era is coming back. People are paying attention to words again and lyricism again. And they want to see themselves in the artists that are, you know, getting those messages out there. So I'm really excited to be, you know, just one of those, one of those vessels, man. Like, it's at least for my era, for my people. Prairie rise above the wicked beat every statistic. The letters on his page, a new hieroglyphic, forever ambitious. The flow acidic, favorite rapper ain't a rapper, you miss your chance to get it. Over on exquisite, can't waste my verbiage on exquisite. You're receiving the baton, so to speak, from who? Because, I mean, you, you said you're a 90s baby, and mm-hmm. I'm, I'm listening to you. You're obviously, when you started talking to the, gem, the gems about the, the, the elements of hip hop, uh, when we talk about the elements of hip hop and and you being a 90s baby that and listen I'm, I'm 40 years old I'm not used to hearing somebody from the 90s refer to the elements of hip hop so well like you're obviously you know what you're talking about and I, I'm wondering like who who dropped those gems for you uh, when you were a young boy listening to hip hop. I mean, the first person I'm going to definitely say my mom, you know? Yeah, okay. My mother was, like, even, dude, and, and of course it's 90s, but, like, you know, my mother was big on Lil' Kim, Biggie, Hove, sure. really Nas over Hove yeah. for, for her, you know what I mean? But, like, it was yeah. very, it was, it was it was very intentional, you know? But um, I would say more specifically, like, musically, I was very late to understanding what the elements meant, you know what I mean? To understanding, like, 
the roles of the DJ, the roles of the the uh, 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 graffiti artists. You yeah. know what I mean? Like the b boys, modern day hieroglyphs. Yeah. You feel me? The b boys, yeah. like he, all these. Like, we're my generation only knew the MC. That's all we knew. Yeah, yeah. And then you know the modern day DJ was the producer, which is where I feel like you know back in the day it was the exact opposite. Yeah. The producer was really the MC. You know, like you're just kind of here. You say what I tell you to say, catch the vibe. You know, the DJ is the one catching everybody's energy. Yeah. And it, it's weird because I I realized as a showman, right, I wanted to be able to embody some things as a performer, be able to embody some things that are just natural to me as well as natural to what hip hop is. So, you know, if you pull up to the show and I see you walking in, even though I'm the, you know, I'm the, the modern day MC, but also the way the DJ supposed to work, I'm going to shout you out as soon as you walk into the door. That's sure. what's supposed to happen. No matter what type of event that we're at. I've been always big on, you know, the people that, especially working with young people, right? But the people that are, are off in the corner by themselves are usually the ones that have the most to offer to the conversation. They just feel guarded. Like what I was talking about earlier in, in the combo, right? They feel guarded. They got that wall up right now. You help pull that thing down. That's what hip hop has always been about. Yeah. Celebration of people that have less. So if we're using those gifts to bring people together, my gosh, the universe is about to look really, really special. You know, I'm big on, uh, I like to refer to myself as the prolific one. And seeds to help the world breathe, you know? And it's rare because a lot of these things were just, you know, hip hop is about braggadociousness, right? So like a lot of it's just, just a line or just this. And as people start catching on, I got people all over this country referring to me as the prolific one. That's pressure. That makes me feel real good about it because now, even when I'm gone, my sons are gonna know who the prolific one was. Yeah. Am I the? Am I perfect? Heck no. Do I make mistakes? Heck no. Is it? Do I uh, 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 live up to the title as as often as I can, as I possibly can? Of course. That's that's the whole point. So I think um. We're in a special space right now, man. We're yeah. in a special space because it's like a, a almost like a new renaissance. Well, it's funny you say that because when I like um like I grew up in Lang. I was born and raised. I live out in Landisville now. Mm-hmm. Um but the reason why I preface that st- that statement with that is because I'm an introvert. So as much as I remember so much of what Lancaster was in the 90s, I was also very secluded. And so I'm not sure if it's me or if it's always been there, but I am experiencing when I when I when I go back through town and I catch up with my family, I'm like Lancaster is there's something going on. There is a movement. And especially when I see, you know, I see what you're doing. I see what Soul True's doing. I see what Evita Cologne is doing. Like there is this natural movement, and, you know, and that all goes back to the, the roots of the tribe, so to speak. Um, when we talk about spoken word, and I, I wanted to touch on this because you're not when you when you the art, the artifice, that that term is dope as fuck because it's very clear that there's you're not just an artist and you're not just an activist but you are you're doing both very well but you're all you're multifaceted so there's there's different levels there's levels to this as they say right Mm. and you've got the ability to rhyme you've got spoken word you have this uh this driving you to be an activist the spoken word where it would that did that come was that always there was were the rhymes first were was the poetry first i mean It's a loaded question. I'm I'm really I'm hyped (laughs) for you right now too, bro, for asking me these type of questions. I never had the opportunity to really talk about this. You know what I mean? Let's go. But um, yo, man, like growing up, I feel like everybody wanted to be the rapper. You feel me? Everyone wanted to be the rapper, yo. So um, I can definitely say the rap came first before the spoken word. Um, the rhymes definitely came first. My my cousins used to have this little rap group. Right. Um, and they were older than me. You know, I'm the, I'm the oldest sibling. but I had a lot of older cousins growing up. Right. There's like three of my cousins. They got their rap group. You know, uh, they perform for the family. Like, I mean, we've been doing like it's so funny this, to, to think about it because a lot of people around here know in the city remember us doing this when we were really, really little. Like my family, what was the name of the rap group? Right Side Church. We had a lot of different names, man. We were the East Coast Riders. <laughs> oh, man. The East Coast Riders, man. Um, but yeah, we used to do a lot of stuff, man. But 
my originally my cousins didn't want to let me in the rap group, man. So, you know, they performed for the family at like Thanksgiving or something. And I'm like, dang, they ain't want to let their little cousin in the rap group. So I went and wrote my own little thing. It didn't have no beat. I just rapped over it. So I guess it was kind of both, you know, yeah. with the spoken word thing. But yeah, I rapped to it. Everybody loved it. And eventually they had no choice but to put me in the group, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and eventually, you know, my my cousin that was closest to my age, uh, shout out my cousin Budaplast. He's a producer, um, born and raised in Lank, but he lives in like Philly area. Um, still makes dope beats. And a lot of people know him for his beats. Um, but we grew up together and we kind of were always in it neck and neck, you know, just, um, you know, two piece in a pod. You know, he kind of like guided me through a lot of stuff, like taught me how to how to track, how to record, you know, um, how to just, you know, uh, uh, count my bars and rap in the actual, you know, studio. Like I didn't really know any of that kind of stuff. And I never really took it serious, like very serious as an artist until more recently, you know. I'm talking. This is like back at like eight years old, nine years old. You know what I mean? Like we're performing at Brightside or performing at Bethel Church and just rapping about the Bible or something. You know what I'm saying? Like this is yeah. things that we used to do naturally, and, and we were blessed to have you know people in the community that used to. You know, I would label them artivists. You know, I, I, first off, I don't want to label them artivists because it's not my term, but I think it's a really dope term. But uh, uh, we had people in the community like. Zane Brown. I haven't seen Zane in a long time, but he poured into me a lot and taught me a lot about hip hop and I could use it in a positive way. Right. Um, freaking uh, 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 Jay Lilly, you know, rest in peace. Like that dude was a legend. Like a lot of a lot of people were doing this type of work way before I was. Um, and, and, I, and I saw what it did to people around them and the seeds that they planted. Right. So naturally, you know, when I started working with kids and stuff like that, you know, I was already coaching and mainly in sports, but I saw this uh, uh, symmetry between, you know, black and brown men and athletics when it came to school. It was like every time you see, you know, a teacher or a staff member that was, you know, black or Hispanic, they were always a coach. Sure. You know, they were always, or a gym teacher. Or like, they always had something, but it never, I, I don't think I've really seen too many like creative, you know, aspects. You get what I'm saying? Like, you know, in, in my own right, like if I had them as a teacher, I could kind of remember some that were like really scholarly. And I'm like, man, like that's how I want to be viewed in the in the school. I want to be viewed as like somebody that brings something brand new, fresh to the table. And naturally, hip hop is ours, you know, is is ours. It's in sports, it's in music, it's in art, it's everywhere, right? So like, as soon as I started, you know, doing more creative stuff when it came to the classroom, and and I. I realized, like, man, this is my knack. It's like when my pat, my person and my passion came together, uh, or my passion, and my purpose came together. And then, um, to be real with you, man, big shout out to my brother, uh, Mr. Ellis, the teacher. Do you know Mr. Ellis? Are you familiar with Mr. Uh, Ellis? No, I, I know of him. I, I follow him on on social media. Dude, when I tell you, he is the beacon to all of this, man. He's the first one I ever seen do it flawlessly without ever like feeling or looking like a lame, you know what I'm saying? Like, or just feeling like, like, just natural. I don't know. Like, people always make things seem like it's a gimmick. And that's one yeah. dude that naturally, he always loved what he did. You know what I mean? Mm. And loves what he do does now. And it just, he just keeps getting better at it. But it inspired me to like, oh, shoot, like, I could really do this. Like, I yeah. can really teach people, you know? Um, And I'm big on history. So that's the kind of like Lane, I, I try to take with my music more or less, try to awaken people to pay attention to what our ancestors are telling us um, and dig ourselves, you know. Um, but yeah, man, it's, it's definitely been quite a quite an experience thus far. And I'm only a year and a half in. Maybe, I, said, I guess, going on two years as a professional artist. So Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, there's there's definitely years in the making behind that. I mean, it's, I mean, it, and, and to do it at the level that you're doing it and, you know, um, you know, like I, I'm not saying this because you're on the podcast. I'm not trying to blow smoke up your ass. I, I definitely there is something special with what you're doing um, that, that, that that I that I can feel that I can. When I listen to your music, you know, I got hip to you um, last November during the uh, the uh, the the Thanksgiving shit. The give the um, the, the name's oh, not oh, extra give extra give yes. Um, yes, and so I was at this Lancaster cigar bar. Um, I was, uh, I donated money to, uh, uh, creative, creative hope. hope. 
Um, shout out to Creative Hope. And I'm going through social media and I'm catching up and I'm seeing you performing right downtown, I think it was. And uh, I'm like, yeah, I'm starting listening to your music. And I, the first thing I'm telling myself is, uh, first of all, I feel like you're ahead of your time. Because when you tell me that you're, I keep going back to you being a '90s baby, and I'm not like I'm hanging up on your age. You're you're ahead of your time for the for for being on this earth in the amount of time that you've been. You haven't been here for 40 years with this wealth of knowledge. You have this knowledge now, and you're trying to share it and demonstrate it and get people involved. In such a beautiful way. And like I said, in so many different ways, because you've got your rhymes and you've got your spoken word, um, which I feel like spoken word can reach a lot more people than just your bars. I mean, obviously, I love hip hop. Uh, and I grew up listening to it. And, you know, when we talk about cats rapping, you know, I was one of those cats in like that would that was trying to rap back in my heyday. Everybody was trying to rap. But when it came to spoken word, I feel like that reaches a larger audience because there's a lot of people that want that don't want to listen to hip hop, but they'll listen to spoken word and through spoken word. Then people get, you know, uh, they get into uh, artists that are in hip hop. So. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely going to give you your flowers in that regard. I think what you're doing is so dope. You know, one of the things that I enjoy about this podcast is that I give people an opportunity. Uh, I give them a platform to just talk about some things that they may not discuss in passing on a day to day basis. It could be some things that are kept you know, close to the chest, so to speak. You hear Sir Dominique Jordan begin the conversation uh, with the fact that he's dealing with co-parenting now for the first time, and it can be a challenge, and he's not lying. It is. It's a huge challenge, but when you love your children, you're going to go the extra mile, even if it means co-parenting. Obviously, we talked about his music and how the influence of him being a teacher in the school district of Lancaster, how that influenced his music. Obviously, he's he's still keeping the youth in mind, you know, the, the, the youth and what this music can do to them, how it can enrich them. He keeps that in mind when he's talking about the elements of hip hop, so to speak. We're talking about lyricism, DJ and graffiti art. Uh, th those are just to name a few B-boy. Uh, B-girl break dancing. So uh, the next half of this conversation gets really good. We get into the army life. We get into the things he saw there and how that influences his music. Uh, so look, take a break if you got to. Use the bathroom. Make sure you wash your hands. Go get a snack. Go get a beverage. If you're driving, you can't do any of those things. And I'm sorry. All you can do is just keep your hands at 10 and 2 p.m. And hold on tight. The second half is coming right now. Obviously, I don't try to do too much, uh, you know, I don't try to look up too much information when I'm interviewing people because I like the conversation to be organic. But I did a little bit and I saw that you served in the army. Yes, sir. So so thank you for serving uh, for, and, and, and protecting our, our country. How did that come about? Was that something that you've always wanted to do was be in the military? Because I, I didn't Hell expect you. No. Yeah, I was about to say, I didn't expect. I'm like, holy shit, Dominique is in the yeah. fucking army. I didn't expect to see that. Yeah. Clean cut and, and, and y'all looking All too, right, boy. Man, that's hilarious, <laughs> man. I, I, I love, yo, I love this, man. I love this because I never really had people. Because I've done a lot, of not a lot of interviews, but I've done some interviews and I've never had anybody like really do the research on me. Like that's pretty cool. <laughs> um, but thank you. Yeah. So, you know, in high school, I definitely I was hip to the service because I had family members that that were in the service. You know, um, cool. and I didn't really know like what I was going to do right after high school. Like I knew I wanted to go to college. Um, I was definitely college bound. Like I had really good grades and stuff, but. You know, I made some mistakes and I wasn't really too privy about like the process of college. I was really caught up in like trying to make high school last as much as possible, you know. Um, but with that being said, you know, I, um, hey, what's up, fam? Hey, I'm going to get with you later, yo. Yeah, it's funny, yo. I got one of my cousins <laughs> just walked up on me in the block. This is just a beautiful thing. It's um, all good. It's all good. Let me just good. say what's up to him real quick. What's go ahead. Up, go ahead. Oh, yo. I love you, bro. How you been, bro? I'm on a podcast. You know, yeah, I'm, 
Yeah. Shout out my cousin Naughty, by the way. No, you on it. Now you I already know. Call me, bro. <laughs> All right, um, yo, that's going to be awesome. I can't wait. That's to dope. Oh, that. I'm leaving that in there, too. That was dope. Please do. Please do. <laughs> so, yeah, man. So, um, you know, when I get to get, you know, I'm in high school, senior year, you know, the, the, the recruiters playing, playing the school heavy. He's driving around in the caddy. So doing super fire. I love Cadillacs. Um. And literally would pick up my homie all the time. And I'd be wondering, like, who is this Jamaican dude that's picking up my boy all the time and, like, blasting? I want to say he was blasting, like, some freaking locks or something. Like, it's just fun, yeah. like, to think about, like, he's a, like he's blasting exactly <laughs> what my homie listens to. So he's like, yo, you need a ride? And, like, I think we walk home for football practice. He's like, yo, you need a ride home? I'm like, uh, yeah, why not, yo? I get in the car, and he's a recruiter. He's talking to us. He's like, man, what you want to do with your life? Blah, 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 blah. He's like, yo, man, you should think about this army thing. And, and to think, like, wow, that's really how it happened for me. But, um, yeah, the bull kind of sold me on the whole idea that, you know, if I do what Uncle Sam says, you know, he's going to take care of me in the long run. And that's really what got me into college. Like, I can't lie to you. Like, it was definitely a great investment of, of, of time and energy. You know, with every everything that you do, there comes sacrifice. You know, um, I, my job was very – it was very different. You know, when it comes to um, people, most people's experience in the military, right? Um, obviously, you know, I think people forget that, especially civilian people forget that, like, they're literally going to war. Like, that's, you know, it's not just like an everyday gig, you know. Um, but you do get, like, a job, per se. It's called an MOS, right? Um, and my MOS was a mortuary, a mortician, it's a mortuary affairs specialist. Oh wow! Yeah, so um, how'd you get that? Range. How'd you never... get that? Yeah, man. See, you like, said mortician, mortician, um, right? Did I, I hear you right? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I was a mortician. So you know, I'm 18 years old, man. I'm at the the recruiting station. It was called MEPS. You know, where you do like your physical and different things like that. Um, and you know, you're going through all these like different medical tests and stuff, whether it's hearing, seeing. Like, you know, getting shots or whatever it might be, you know, taking blood, all that kind of stuff. And, you know, during my, like, sight um, test, they found out I was colorblind, which I never knew that, you know. Um, as I went into the recruit station, my job at the time was, like, a petroleum specialist. Um, I got a cousin. He does hip-hop. Um, shout out my cousin, B-Dub. And he, he was in the Army at the time, and that was his job. You know, he's, like, three, four years older than me. So, you know, he kept telling me, like, oh, it's an easy job. You know, just get this job, blah, blah, blah. You'll probably come to my unit, so I'll be able to help you out, you know. Um, so that was my goal, you know, just follow my cousin, go to college, do what I need to do. And then literally, that's when I knew, like, all right, everybody's journey, it just has to be different, you know. Uh, I find out I'm colorblind. And they're like, well, with that being said, we got to change your job. And, you know, there's only two jobs where you don't necessarily need to know your colors. And the two happen sure. to be a horizontal construction worker or a mortician. Right. <laughs> and when I think of horizontal construction worker, I'm thinking like building bridges or who knows? I, I really don't know, man. Yeah. Um, but I had an uncle that was very I have an uncle who was very high in the military, um, uh, recently retired. Um, and he basically I asked him, like, what do you think I should do? Um, he basically told me, you know, would you rather go to war or would you rather stay stateside and go to college? And I'm like, I'd rather stay, you know, and go to college. And he told me to yeah. take more attention because. At the end of the day, the mortician is working at the morgue, you know, um, and that's basically what I did. I would I was in the reserve, so I wasn't there like every day at the morgue. But we have to go, you know, uh, two, three times a month, you know, um, learn about all different type of things. You know, I was an honor grad, too. And I was 18 years old in my class. I was an honor grad. It was it was definitely a dope experience, man. I always been kind of a bookworm. So it, it, it was interesting to learn all these different things, you know, blessed to to meet people from all over the world. You know, I trained some Marines that had to go down range. I trained some um, people from Puerto Rico, people from Samoa um, to, you know, plan to evacuate, you know, people that had passed away. You know, that was a big thing um, in the service that a lot of civilians probably don't know. Um, our country committed to bringing everybody home, you know? So if you have a, somebody in your family that, you know, may have passed away, like they're going to do everything in their power to bring, you know, them home in some capacity, you know, um, and that was basically where my job lied. You know, it was I could definitely say I served my country in a in a in a, in a different manner. But again, Absolutely. with everything you do comes sacrifice. 
So in my music, you could hear it. You know, I talk about mental health. I talk about PTSD. I talk about bipolar. I talk about um, anxiety, depression, all these things that I feel like the 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 stigma is to not talk about or is to over-medicate or is to play around with, you know, these these innuendos because they're they're commercialized. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. But um, I've really been through some of this this stuff, man. Like, and I feel like I, it, it's only right that I do it. Um, does it does it hurt me sometimes of being super vulnerable and not feeling it's received the right way? Of course. But that's that's the the what do they say? Heavy to the head that wears the crown. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah. Everybody has a has influence. So if you're not using your influence, if you're not using your influence to to help other people, then what are you doing anyway? Or doing any anyway? Yeah, like so. But yeah, that was my my experience in the military, man. I, I served for six years. Had to get up about that joint, especially since I had my first son. I'm just like, yeah, I'm not really trying like keep on working with dead bodies, man. It was, hmm. yeah, it was a lot. You know, I'm sure. I'm, but I'm sure that like okay, so I mean. When you said mortician and we joked around, like I didn't understand, is that what you said? And but you know, as you're talking, I'm thinking that's that isn't something common for somebody. Even when you go into the military, I never thought of that being a job in the military. But here we are, we're talking about it. You did it. Um, it that had that experience along with everything else in your life obviously plays a role like you just said uh putting yourself in a position to be vulnerable to express it through your music and i appreciate you saying that and and the word vulnerable or vulnerability comes up often in this podcast especially from me because that's the whole gig that i'm trying to do here is give people a platform to be comfortable enough to be vulnerable so that people start relating to one another a little bit more and um uh, that vulnerability, um, do you find yourself comfortable in that, in the room with vulnerability, vulnerability walks into the room, sits down beside Dominique. Are you still, are you comfortable enough with being vulnerable in your music? Or is that something that you still deal with knowing that you have to, and knowing that the outcome pays off, but it's still, it can still be difficult at times. I mean, that's a very loaded question, man. I think it's a little bit of both. Um, whenever I feel, cause of course, yo, I mean, this is my, this is my everyday gig, but like I don't have a nine to five, you know what I mean? Like to be transparent with you, like, this is what I do for a living. So does it, does it get draining having, having to do, you know, use these, these different mediums or platforms that I get paid to do and do these songs that take a lot out of me? Of course, I got to refill my cup. Is it draining to, you know, my dad every day too? Got to refill my cup, you know? I'm pouring, 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 and I got to find different ways to refill my cup. And one thing I definitely can say refills my cup is the poetry. <laughs> so check this, man. Like, I, I was talking to a good friend of mine who who's big on, um like, STEM. You know, like, uh, uh, what is it? Science, technology. Uh, I forgot what the E stands for. Enrichment, math. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know. Yeah. But I know you're talking about, yeah. But, you know, now um I heard that it was STEAM. Right. They added a for arts. And I'm like, maybe okay. you should have like a double M, like like add music. You know, mm. he's like, well, I said I said arts. I'm like, well, arts and music aren't necessarily the same thing. You know what I mean? Like for for some people, it might be. But to me, like they're definitely different in, in mediums. Right. Like music to me is instruments is 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 even in the music that I make. You know, the music that you can stream. Like when I create music, it's different than my poetry. Right. Okay. My poetry to me is more of an art form. My writing is more of the art form. Right. I think my poetry is on the same level as, you know, a mural, as a, as visual arts, as a sculpture, as a versus the music. My music is on the same level as a quartet or mm. as a brass band or as like those are the things that it, it should be compared to. Those are the I'm a vocalist. So the, the vocals are my instrument. And so sure. I'm like learning these things, trying to learn my chords and, and, and become a better musician as well as become a better artist. How do I become a better artist? By stepping outside of myself and start to bring more other, bring other stories to light that aren't like, I'm very big on writing from first person. Like I've always just done that because of hip hop, you know what I mean? But like I can story, like I've written stories 
but like they're not necessarily stories that are poetic. You know what I mean? Or, or in the yeah. form of poetry. Better yet, they're they're poetic, but they're not in the form of poetry. So I've been big on that now. Like, how do I write from other people's perspective? How do I? And that was the thing that um when I was in the service, right? Um, you know, we didn't really have we didn't have cell phones and stuff like that. We weren't allowed to have our cell phones um and like training and stuff. So we had to rely on letters. And a lot of my homies used to ask me to write letters, like write poetry for them, right? Like let's say, you know, you're not you haven't talked to your wife, she's pregnant, you know, you can't wait to get back home. Hopefully you'll make it back home before the baby's born. And like we're having this conversation and I'm helping you write a poem for her to send to her. I write it out. You rewrite it in your handwriting, sign it. Boom. It's yours. You know, that was the thing. I used to hustle. This is the first time I ever said this, bro. That's the did, thing I used but, to hustle. Did they help? Did they the help military. you? Like, were they giving you things they were feeling and then you helped, you kind of took that and put it into a poem? Yeah, or yeah, for so. Yeah. For sure. It was almost like Hallmark out this joint. <laughs> but with, 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 <laughs> yo, listen. Listen, fam. It was Hallmark on pieces of paper, my boy. Like, this is crazy. And this is 50, 50 bones. You give me 50 there bucks. You go. I got you. Wham. Yeah. And, I don't know who I was, man. That's so crazy. I don't know. If, <laughs> damn, I'm a capitalist, man. You gotta do what uh, you gotta do, man. That's crazy. But yeah, man, like that—that that was definitely a way to <laughs> to get it out there, you know. Um, but but again, to to answer the question though, whenever I need that that refill, like the poetry fills me up. Um, the last couple of weeks, I've been very intentional about um just feeding myself with some information as well as like exercising my pen. So every two weeks I try to read a new book in two, in the two week span or less. Now, granted, can I like digest all of these books? No. So I try to run some back if I have to run some back, you know what I mean? Um, I'm not really good at reading multiple things at the same time for leisure. Um, Obviously there's certain things I have to read, but like for leisure, I've been trying to read a new book every two weeks as well as write two poems or verses for a song, at least two a day. Um, and some of them are really good. Some of them are, ah, but the whole point is exercising it, keep it going. You know what I mean? Um, and it's definitely be definitely definitely been turning me into a different type of writer, um, a different type of. I, I'm not a philosopher by you know trade per se, but like as a proprietor of 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 words and 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 these these words are going to last a very long time so i've been i've been trying to be very intentional about being politically correct when i'm telling people stuff you know i don't want to just say things that are like for instance right like there's people that like when those protests in 2020 there's people that swear by things that nwa was saying back in the in the the 80s you know what i'm saying swear by it right when a lot of those messages those individuals have denounced some of those messages. Like they understand like what the bigger picture is now. Like, do you think Ice Cube is cool with the world not having no no police officers ever again? Maybe, maybe, maybe. But there's some messages that they were like, ah, right, yeah, we were drawing a little bit. Yeah. But people don't know that. They just look at the idea of it. They look at the whole. So I've been trying to be intentional about that. Like, what can I pour into myself to keep on elevating as um as I'm creating things, right? Like there's a ton of music that I performed that has never been released before. And I'm just starting to, to, to learn these things as I'm growing as an artist and I'm getting to be on more platforms that people have researched me. The only music that they know of me is the music on Spotify or Apple music or something that's accessible to them. And I didn't realize that I'm thinking, you know, the people in my immediate, you know, grasp, they know I have all this other music that yeah hasn't been released yet, but I perform it on a regular basis, so they they know these songs. You know what I'm saying? But gotcha. I have to release them for the reach, so it gets out there. But I feel like sometimes I listen. I was just listening to some before I got on the call, right? And I'm like, damn, like I feel like I'm like this song is a year old. I feel like I'm so much more elevated past this mm-hmm. verse or past this ideal, but I still got to give it to the world, I guess, in some way. I don't know. It's, no, a, it's a very I, interesting space to be in. I, I, I know what you're talking about. And it's, it's funny you bring that up because I was listening to music on Spotify and I have been. And um, I've been playing The Rebel. Is that an EP or is that an album? 
Yeah, so it's just an EP. Okay, um, because I'm I'm like, God damn, I need more fucking music, dog. I'm like, I need, yeah, I, mean, I need you. that album when it ends. I'm like, ah, damn, this it's so good. But I'm like, where's more? So it makes sense when you say I have so much more that's that's done in person. You perform it. You've got it, you know, in the closet, so to speak. You've got stuff that you'd love to put out there. I think a lot of cats that are making art and making really good music experience that i feel that you should put everything you got put it out there even if you feel it's outdated because somebody might be registering with what you're saying in that song Feed me beats and watch me feast my cousin Buddha is a genius forever got it if you want some They sleep on me tempopedic Wake them up I know they need it Remember crying to my higher power Show me how to win with what my tears spits Leader replace my sorrow with a pen yeah. Let's not get me started Always known to drop a gem Possess the world to win by any means I think I'm fin Legacy, legacy, legacy I got soul, I got vision I got flow, I got rhythm Legacy, legacy, legacy It's about time you um, one of the things that I like to, to uh, wrap up my interviews with when I'm talking is uh, like we're talking about your journey, obviously, and, and there's a lot that we talked about. Where do you where do you see yourself going? What's the game plan here uh, for Sir Dominique Jordan in the next five years or so? Where where are we going to see you? Uh, that's hmm. So to be honest with you, man, um, this is a rare, reoccurring dream being altered on a regular basis, man. But uh, I like that. And in a, in a perfect world, man. Like one thing we didn't talk about too much musically. That's what I'm saying. Music is changing. Um, I have a band now. You know, like a live band. You know. Okay. Uh, yeah, we we go by Sir Dominique Jordan and the Prolific Steppers. Um, I like right it. now we're a five piece band. It's really dope, you know. Uh, uh, I I call it like a hip hop funk soul band, you know, because we definitely get groovy, we definitely get funky R and B vibes, but it's it's still poetic, it's still hip hop, still rap. Um, and I want to see us on, I want to see us on Jimmy Jimmy Kimmel or Jimmy Fallon or one of them shows. You know what I mean? Nice. Yeah. I, I want to get us to that level in the next, like five years on a, on, on a regular basis. That's where we're at. You know what I'm saying? Um, to, to, to build up to that, you know, it's going to take a lot of, a lot of grinding, a lot of, um, you know, symmetry, us coming together and learning from each other and me, me sitting back and really, you know, meditating on the things I've done in the last few years, man, because even you saying that you, when I first got on your radar, like I just got with one of my, my, my videographers, shout out my good brother, Jazz White. Um, he's showing me footage from that that night and and around that time and like I was just wasn't privy to it. I moved so much that I'm mm-hmm. going to the next thing because I'm the artist, you know. And he's like, "But bro, you gotta see this. Like, do you even remember any of this?" And I'm like, "Nah, bro. Like, this is crazy. Like, you ever watched the Kanye doc on a uh, on yeah. Netflix? We started. We started. Man, yeah. like." This- this yeah. dude, my, my boy, I tell him all the time, I'm like, bro, hold this, hold this forever. Don't ever let nobody get it from you. Like, this is this is going to change. This is going to get us yeah. to that level. You know what I'm saying? So it's just beautiful to be able to have the people that believe in me, believe in me, man. And um, I'd say this too, outside of just being like the artivist, right? Like being a, 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 a creatively as Sir Dominique Jordan, but professionally with but true to you and some of my, my endeavors as a speaker and as a as a, a, a education consultant, right? Um, eventually, man, I want to be able to have my own curriculum or school that can travel and support young people all over the world, man, mm-hmm. um, and help them with these creative endeavors. Teach them to do what I'm what I'm doing now. You know what I'm doing currently. How how can you get your your voice heard through? your creative abilities, right? Like, how can you do that rather than having to stand outside and scream at the mountaintop like I felt like I was doing for so freaking long? Um, and or, or even trying to climb it. Like, why would you climb it when you could build your own together? And that's, I think that's where I'm at, you know? In five years, I'm hoping that we'll have our mountain built. Um, that's all I can really say for now. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I, I, it sounds like the teacher in you is still there. 
Oh, but no, forever, bro. I'm a lifelong learner. You yeah, know, my mom yeah. was a teacher growing up. So like for me, bro, I'm oh, always be a teacher. I'm a dad too. So I got to be able to be a teacher, you know? There you go. Uh-huh. I grew up, my mom's a teacher too. So I know what that's like growing up, uh, growing up with a household where there's a teacher and every, all the teachers know your, your who, who your mom is and, and you, know, they got, you gotta watch your, you know, watch what you say sometimes, but uh, I was a good kid. But anyway, um, when it comes to performing with a live band, is that something that uh, that you you feel is better for what you're doing, as far as the 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 vibe that you got and the and the poetry and the spoken word or what? Because that's a whole different element. A, I think again, you, what we talked about earlier in the show, the elements, man. It's just another <laughs> element, another another tool in my arsenal, man. Look, Sir Dominique Jordan, my pen is my my sword. And my pad is my shield. Mm. My band is my 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 army. You know, my DJ, this is my right hand general. Like we're fighting this battle against oppression, against tyranny, against, you know, like it, and it's weird because for a long time I was like, you know, I don't really care about being in the club. You know, last year I was big on bringing hip hop to wherever I could bring it. Let's bring it to the park. Let's bring it to this place. Let's bring it to this place. Let's let's be outside and show people. And that's how I got to Extra Give. That's how people were like, wow, that was my first time with a band. And I brought a bunch of people that never played together really, like musically, mad different genres of music, and just brought them together to play my music. And it was crazy. Well, I didn't know it was your first time. Yeah, it was my first time musically that I ever did that, you know? And that changed a lot of things for me. And it started making me realize like, oh wait, all these different people play different John. He plays classical, but he played for me. He plays rock. She plays African music. She plays yeah. indie. So like, and I not just naturally brought them together because we were friends. Now that I, I know people musically and I understand things, I realized that I wasn't worried about getting to the clubs. This year I was big on, I'm big on getting us to places that we never been before getting us books for other events like Extra Give that hip-hop has never even been asked to be at. Sure. The Velocity events, the, you know, the different events that, like, we should be at. We were at in some capacity, but not musically. Right. And now, we there, man. So my band just solidifies that. It makes you feel good. It gets people dancing to becoming better people rather than just having to drink and smoke and, you know, like, there's other things that can give us that same feeling, that same high that are healthier for us and musically artistically i think i got what the people need so we're going um, so we're going, yeah. we're going to be getting some new music then from uh, sir dominique jordan and the prolific steppers is that what it is or what you just inspired me but yes you definitely will i'm working on a project with them specifically um all i can say is it, it, it's going to be dropping with a pretty big um a pretty big tag you know uh, yeah. uh, uh pushing it as well and it's going to be super dope. But even prior to that, you know, and that hopefully that'll happen within the next couple months. But prior to that, just because you said it, man, I think I'm going to drop some 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 other music. I think I'm going to drop go. some of this stuff I've been sitting on just because I think people people deserve to hear it. I think I deserve to let it go. Yeah, you man, know? let that uh, shit go. We need to hear it, dog. Yeah, <laughs> yeah bro. I'm going to let it go, man. I'm going to let it go. And we'll, we'll see what happens with it, man. I'm not really too pressed about you know what people's opinions are unless it's helping us yeah. elevate you know um but i do take constru- constructive criticism for the for the record you know i like yeah. people telling me like what they like and what they don't because i think that's what's going to help me grow too um uh what do they say uh uh you need rain and sunlight to grow yeah. you know what i'm saying yeah, yeah. I, wouldn't, both, I wouldn't worry about the negative criticism or even the constructive criticism though I, w- I, w- I wouldn't. And, I, and I'll tell you why, uh, because usually uh, it, when, if you're surrounding yourself with the right people, which you are, then that's the that's the voice that you need to worry about listening to everybody else. And, and it's hard. It's hard when you're putting yourself out there. Obviously, the natural instinct is to get accepted. You want your shit accepted and you want it heard. Uh, and when you hear the 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 constructive criticism, uh, even though, you know, it's all it's supposed to mean well, it can suck. I, I personally think uh, don't even worry about that. Don't even don't even look mm. for it. Just do what you're doing because uh, you've got people out here 
that I appreciate what you're doing and they're listening to it and, and I'm a fan and I'm one of them. So I listen, I appreciate you uh, for doing everything that you're doing. Uh, thank you so much for, for sharing a lot. You dropped a lot. I'm going to make sure I get this out there uh, in September is when I start season two. So I'm going to kick it off with, with your interview, sir. I appreciate it. Thank Thanks. you very much. Oh. Yeah. Hang on. I appreciate you too, man. And blessings to you always keep on pushing the messages, man. Cause, just having a platform to be out to be our honest self is so necessary right now. So, um, mm. big blessings to you, man. Uh, you you gonna keep on you gonna keep on growing. I see it for you. I'm so trying. Let's man. get it. All right, brother. I you appreciate ain't trying. It. You doing? You ain't trying. You doing? <laughs> let's get it, man. Hey, you All be right. blessed, King. Likewise, man. Take it easy, brother. Take it easy. All right. Thank you. Later. What a phenomenal way to start this season and end this first episode with Sir Dominique Jordan dropping gems left and right like hot potato. We talked about the importance of surrounding yourself with like-minded people, with people that want your best interest to be prioritized, your village, your tribe. We talked about so many different things, the army and how that influenced his music, the words, the poems. There's so much shit that Sir Dominique Jordan has gone through, has done to put him in this position to continue to do so much more. Sir Dominique Jordan, brother, it was a pleasure to finally meet you. And I look forward to meeting you in person because we got to chop it up. Good luck to you. I see big things for you as well, my friend. For the rest of you, the listener, I hope you enjoyed it because this this was a size one four through the front door. Boom. What a way to kick start this season. Next week, I'm talking to another spoken word poet and his story is just a little different, different journey. Very interesting. I spoke with Sean Hogan. He'll be joining us next week on the Journeyman Chronicles for episode 41. The Journeyman Chronicles theme music and website is courtesy of Jose Garcia, a.k.a. Mr. Infinito. You can check him out at oddcurious.com. Link will be in the description of this episode. Until then, remember, maintain focus and stay continuous through all four seasons. My name is Felix C. Arroyo, and these are the Journeyman Chronicles. Y'all be safe.